Welcome to the Mojo Mecca. We are a media, wellness and artistry hub that is in celebration of the earth. Inspired to live in a mindful, health-filled way. Humbled by the depths of inner exploration and the power of practicing daily ritual. In love with the beauty of cultures worldwide and the adventurous nature of travel and dedicated to a life of heart-centeredness, purposeful pursuits, and a whole lot of mojo. Welcome back everyone to another episode on the Mojo Mecca. Again, thank you so much for everyone who's been diving into our app. It's, if you don't know, it's a an alternative way to connect and share online. It's an alternative platform for you to engage on, um, but with such a deeper level, I guess, um, to that way that we do engage online. It's got so many more um, intentional aspects to it and um, just so much more of a community feeling. And each week we meet, if you're free, every Sunday evening, um, for sessions of, you know, just chatting, creating art, meditating together, um, dancing, you know, there's a lot of different elements that we explore, but it's a really safe and accessible space. So it is $5 a month to join, but there's a 14 day free trial. If you do want to jump in and just yeah embrace it and and try it out um i'd highly recommend it and we donate a portion of the profits each month to different organizations and causes and just pay it forward so yeah i'm really proud of this project i'm just so grateful to be stewarding this platform and to be hosting and and engaging with so many amazing um beings really I've met so many kindred spirits through this platform and I know that it's only going to continue to to be that way you know with that energetic frequency that it holds so yeah jump on mojo mecca app it's on the app store and it's on android if you have an android phone um, it's also on desktop you can go to mojo mecca dot app um, in your in your search bar or search it on the App Store. So I'll jump into this beautiful conversation that I had with Laura, Laura Whiten. She's a really incredible woman who I met many years ago when we were both in quite different spaces in our lives. Um, and it's been so beautiful to watch her journey unfold and flourish. And yeah, she's just become a mama. So so much of our conversation is around um, the conception, the pregnancy and the birthing experience. And she opted for a birth that was completely free, not in um, not engaging in any midwife, just her, her partner and her mum at home on their property. And yeah, she is just such a pillar of inspiration for really choosing uh, the path that you would like 
to have as a mother and you know how you want to bring your child into the world and I just think she's yeah just such an inspiring being in that way and she just does it with such grace and she expresses herself with such grace around that that knowing and that need um so yeah we we dive into um yeah how important it is to honor your needs especially when it comes to pregnancy and birth because it is such a initiation and such a portal where um as women we are very connected to our own innate knowingness and just to continue to lean into that whatever it you know that that intuition is amidst the noise um but also obviously doing deep research and knowing your options and um everything else but yeah at, at the forefront just trusting that and um yeah so I'll let her explain you know her beautiful journey and um how it led her to create a book all about this sacred initiatory process called and the book is called initiation and yeah just how sacred it is to be a mother in this time and to honor the spirit that the these children are you know and and why they are here and why they're choosing to be here and she holds that in such a high regard and yeah i'm so excited to dive into her book too i think it will be such a special um thing to have you know and and her testimony of free birthing birthing her child as she desired is yeah is just so inspiring for so many other mothers and mothers to be out there so i hope you enjoy this conversation sorry about the little bit of wind she was in the park with her baby oka and uh i'm sure you can still drop in and and hear her journey all right enjoy my name is Laura and i guess i i grew up in the country um country of new south wales and i grew up kind of isolated from the cities and um a lot of a lot of um stimulation and everything that you kind of find in the cities and then i moved to sydney um to study I was studying business and international studies. Um I also went on to study naturopathy for a few years and then I ended up here in in um the Byron Bay area. And I've been here now for 7 years, so almost 8 years. So yeah, the past few years I've just been exploring myself, exploring you know new connections and friendships and kind of trying to really harness in on what I'm passionate about and what I want to offer and share to the world. Yeah, beautiful. I'd love to um yeah, as as we spoke before we press record, um a lot of this conversation and uh exploration is going to be around your your journey of becoming a mother and um yeah and all that that revealed and all the many um transitions and initiations that that brought and i'm just really curious to explore 
I guess, yeah, from that initial, like, did you always feel like you would be a mother? Like, I know that some women don't and then mm. they end up being mothers or maybe it's the opposite way around or, um, yeah, yeah. I think women have that innate feeling that, oh, yeah, I will or, like, I, you know, or perhaps you could even feel the spirit of a child around or, you know, I, I would love mm. to explore that kind of initial feeling towards motherhood that, that arose. Absolutely. Um, well, I come from a family of five children and I'm the eldest. So I guess in that sense, I've always had this maternal instinct. I kind of went, when I left home and I, you know, had my own place for the first time, I kind of went through this phase of really um, wanting this, having this individualistic, independent um, outlook of my life. And I really just wanted to honor that and I'm so grateful that I had that period of time for exploration and being by myself and having my own routine and just really getting to know myself a lot more so I think there were definitely a few years where I was like children are not in the picture I'm not I didn't have that really strong falling for it but at the same time I've always had this underlying maternal instinct um and then when I found out I was pregnant with Oka like it was a surprise and we weren't we weren't planning at the time my partner does have a little boy already so I was already taking on that that parental role um in a sense but yeah Oka was such a blessing and such a surprise and I'm I'm so so grateful that it came about when it did even though it wasn't a planned experience yeah Mm, yeah amazing I'd love to explore that initial pregnancy journey and how that was for you and and yeah perhaps kind of guide us a little into um how that transition came you know from um yeah beginning that that pregnancy journey and then how it how it shaped you like from the from the (laughs) get-go well I guess yeah like I was saying it wasn't planned at all um and it kind of came about in a period at a period of time where I was having so much inner personal like so much stuff was going on in my life my dad got really sick and he was in hospital for like two weeks in a coma and like my whole life just seemed to be like everything was just changing at such a rapid rate and there was so much unknown and you know so much anxiety and just so much craziness um and then I had a feeling that I could have I may have been pregnant and my partner and I were talking about it and I was just like oh I'm not sure but I just had this really really strong feeling and um when I did end up finding out that I was pregnant like I didn't even take a pregnancy test or or anything like that like this the feeling for me and the intuition was just so strong um and then obviously when I missed a period, it was just such a given. Um, and, yeah, the moment that I had confirmed that and then I confirmed it with my partner, I was just like there was no doubt in my being. Like every cell of my being was like, yes, you are doing this. Like you are – it doesn't matter what is happening in your life. This is meant to happen. And I just remember the moment um, when I had that confirmation, like I just felt like my whole – 
being was just like vibrating. Like it was just such a strong yes to me. Um, and then I remember the first discussion. Um, yeah, I remember just being like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it my way. And I just knew from that moment forward that I was going to birth my baby and I was going to do it exactly how it felt right for me. And I remember talking to my partner and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to have a home birth. Um, it's going to be us. And then the like as time went on, it just happened to be that it was just like, yes, I'm going to have a free birth. I'm going to have it at home. I don't need a midwife. I'm not going to have any tests. Um, like it just felt so right for me to just journey through that and um, and just do it in my own autonomy without a midwife or without any kind of intervention or getting those checkups. Um and my partner and I did a lot of research. Like we would sit up of a night time and we would be watching like other free birth videos and we would be studying about what we need um, and how we're going to do it, how, I'm go- how we're going to cut the cord, how I'm going to birth the placenta. Um, like the, all of it, we just planned it all out together and that just felt so special, really, really special. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's amazing that you just knew in that moment that that was, you know, how how it was going to go down for you because I, I had a similar, um, another close friend of mine gave birth I think only like maybe two months ago and she had that similar intuition. She'd had a first birth and um, she had gone with a midwife and she had an experience where she was just like did not want the midwife there but it felt like yeah. so trapped and you know and then it she feels like it, it caused so much more complications in her birth and then like mm. so for her second birth she just was like no like no one is going to be here I'm completely free birthing she lives in Costa Rica and she did and she yeah, like had an amazing safe like healthy birth and and yeah so she was able to have that like experience that she wanted in the beginning but I want to like explore how you navigated kind of any any fears that came up or perhaps not even your own fears probably more like external fears right like because we just have yeah. fed this one way of of doing things you know and it's like I've never I've never like given birth or anything or gone through that experience but I can just imagine like yeah like it's 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 kind of wild to think that so many women don't even consider that there's another way but yet free birthing has always been the way women birth you know it's just been like since medical um you know advancement and stuff and you know, there's a place for all, obviously, in emergencies, mm-hmm. but how did you kind of, yeah, like navigate that and, and yeah, even choosing to do no checkups, no tests, nothing. So, mm-hmm. and, and how did your, like, yeah, family or any, like, uh, external, yeah, <laughs> factors? Yeah, yeah, I get like, you. Um, it, it's really interesting because I remember, I had remembered, like, years ago when I I first watched um any birthing video and it was 
actually a free birth video of a woman up in North Queensland and she was birthing her baby in a creek with all of her previous kids around and her family friends and her partner. And I just remembered thinking in that moment, and this is before I had any inclination to have my own child. I just was like, that's, that's how, if I ever have a child, that's how I'm going to do it. And then like fast forward another, like, I don't know, over 10 years and, and that's how I did it. But um, yeah, in terms of like the fear, um, the projected fear from people, it's really interesting. I remember when I first started telling um, some friends and some family that I was pregnant and um, the first thing that I was, I was receiving was obviously excitement, but then it was this like, oh, how are you going to birth your baby? Like, you're going to, like, all these questions. And then they were kind of projecting their fear stories onto me, even without even realising. Like, I remember I was having this awareness of being like, man, they're just expressing, like, their story or, or their experience. And they have that that right to to do that. But at the same time, they're not even aware of what, what they're doing energetically. Like, they're literally pushing their that fearful energy onto another mother like pretty much programming her for for that kind of experience um but yeah at first my mum was like and my sister were like oh okay like are you sure like and then they were talking to me about all the things that could possibly go wrong you know if the baby's upside down um or if it's stuck in the birth canal when you're giving birth and all of these things and I was just I ended up just doing my own research on those things and I actually found other techniques for um the midwives actually help to um like readjust the baby so it can come through freely if it's stuck and all these other little techniques um around that so I kind of I guess I kind of eased their concern by just being like look I understand that I know that that is a possibility but if it does happen then I can try this and I can try this and I was never fully um not open to going to hospital if need be like I wrote a birth plan and I and I did have on the birth plan, like, if, if this goes wrong, then we call the ambul- an ambulance or we go to the hospital. But to be honest, like, deep down, I knew that there was, nothing was going to go wrong. Like, my intuition was just like, you know your body. You're in this body. You need to trust it and everything's going to be okay. And that's kind of how it all um, unfolded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just find all of this so... Well, yeah, just so interesting because from what I feel, though I haven't experienced it, like the birth experience is the most empowering experience of a woman's life. Like it is what she, you know, it's so innate and instinctual and and raw and, um, yeah, it's, it's wild to think how much of that empowerment is removed from the woman, mm-hmm. like in that time and and how it has become steadily more and more disempowered and women are just like, yeah, cool. Like I'll just let this and this and this happen. And, and then, and then how much can be 
held and, and stored as trauma in both the mother and the baby after that point too from, Absolutely. from those yeah mm-hmm. like I met another another young like I guess she's probably around my age and she had her baby I think like a week or two apart from Oka um and she was sitting there telling me about her traumatic birthing experience like the um, nurses in the hospital gave her the wrong name tag they gave her the wrong drugs they thought she was somebody else like it was just the most horrific story and she has PTSD and like postnatal depression from all of this and I'm I just like when she was telling me the story I'm just like this is why I opted for birthing my baby at home like when you hear those stories, it just like it just breaks my heart. And she's now on like antidepressants and all of this stuff and the baby, you know, experiences that trauma as well. So it's just it's horrific really <laughs> to think that babies have to have that kind of entrance and then that mothers have to have that experience. Yeah, wow. That's just so heartbreaking to not even, I know. Not even be like named correctly. Yeah. Oka doesn't like it either. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we're just in a park right now. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. I don't have very good reception out of my house, so every time we're in the park. <laughs> I'd love to hear um your like how you brought through that name for her or like what happened in terms of like um, I know every mother has a different experience of it, but um, when you became pregnant and, like, begun that journey, um, did you feel that it was a girl? Like, did you, you know, did you connect to on, a, on an energetic or a spiritual level to, to the baby and, and her name? And um, I'd love to explore that and how that kind of, because I hear that um, it is such a, like, spiritually expansive portal too because you are just so much more open because you you are bridging those worlds right Mm, absolutely I think um it's really interesting because I was getting asked this so much about my pregnancy like oh what's your feeling and to be honest I I did not have any biased feelings if it was going to be if it was going to be a girl or a boy um I just felt such a neutral energy throughout the whole um throughout the whole pregnancy (laughs) um the only thing that I was going off is like genetics like if people ask me I'd be like oh well genetically speaking I'm probably gonna have a girl because um on both sides of my family there's a lot of there's a lot of girls so yeah but I never I never had more of a feeling for a boy or a girl and I never had this notion of I want a boy or a girl either like I was just just so open to just whatever comes through um but in terms of her name Oka that was one of the first names that kind of came to my mind and um yeah my partner loved it as well and for me it's really special because Obviously, ochre stands for the clay, the Australian um, clay, and it has Indigenous origin. And my on my dad's side of the family is um, 
the Indigenous people. So I really wanted to honour that and I really wanted her to, yeah, I just wanted to plant a little seed for her in her own name to, you know, maybe one day she wants to explore that and explore her culture. And I just think it's such a beautiful and a really powerful name as well. Yeah, I know. It just carries such, yeah, it carries that energy. You can just, like, feel it. It's such a, yeah, yeah. Such a special name. Yeah, it is a powerful name. And it is that neutral kind of name too, like, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's so beautiful. So I'd love to explore um, through your pregnancy how you went about, um, yeah, just like any sacred practices or nourishment or just how you honoured that journey in different ways and learnt learnt to, I guess, yeah, through that experience of growing a child. And it sounds like you're so um, just naturally proactive in researching and, and that was obviously before you became pregnant too in, in just like knowing how to, you know, and being so intuitive about how to um, honour your body and nourish your body and move in nourishing ways too. And I'm sure that only kind of expanded through that experience. So I'd love to hear about that that journey too as you continue to, like, go along your your pregnancy journey. Yeah, it was such a sacred time for me. Like, it was such a beautiful, expansive time for me. And I... I really got to know myself a lot better and I got to know my boundaries, especially when it comes to like other people projecting their their stories to me. But I spent the majority of my time I spent in nature, to be honest. Like I think it was three months into the pregnancy, we moved um, out into the hills of the Byron hinterland and yeah, we moved into a, a big old farmhouse and we had this beautiful creek that wrapped um, through the village. So I just spent a lot of my time um, down by the creek and meditating and just making nourishing foods. And we really, I think it was around the time that COVID started. So we were out in the garden and I just kind of distracted myself by like um, planting lots of stuff in the garden and just creating a a nesty home and just swimming and yeah just spending a lot of time in nature and the more time I spent in nature whether it was like by the creek or going for a hike or you know just being with my partner and his little boy the more I just trusted myself you know because I wasn't going in for these checkups I wasn't having to go and speak to someone who had a different story for my experience it was just more me solidifying and solidifying um the type of birthing experience that I wanted and I did a lot of journaling and a lot of um like writing my own affirmations and mantras and reading those every night before I went to bed and um a lot of really good conversations with my partner like you know just reassuring him because initially this wasn't his idea. It was kind of me being like, hey, this is how I want to have our baby. I want you to feel confident in me. So there were a lot of conversations with him and he was expressing his concerns and we would work through them and then we would make um, plans on, like, if something did go wrong, how are we going to navigate that? Um, But, yeah, a lot of time in nature was, like, definitely the main thing for me. Yeah, that's so... 
So, yeah, it's just been reaffirmed more and more, right? Like in this whole, you know, 2020 was <laughs> such a wild year and it feels like you really um, just leaned into what was real, you know, amidst all of the, the noise in and it seems like there was that parallel. It was like you were already going through that process of you and your birth and, and everything and then and then also cocooning from like the, you know, the world story in a way too because I feel like if, yeah, if you were to like be too engaged with that too, perhaps that would, you know, be a bit too overwhelming. So it was probably like the perfect time that, you know, you just cocooned from it all and, and allowed yourself to focus on what was real and, and what, you needed to do you know which was bring the being into the world so yeah absolutely and in a way I kind of I feel like COVID was like a huge push for me to have her at home and do the free birth because I remember when I first found out I was pregnant there were a couple of people in my life that were like oh like you should look into um the into getting um going down to the Byron Bay birthing centre and maybe I'm getting a midwife there and, you know, it crossed my mind and then COVID happened and then I was really just forced to just, like, trust myself. So in a way, COVID was kind of a blessing in a lot of in a lot of ways because it really just, I think for a lot of people, it really made them um, reprioritise what is important. And, um, you know, get stronger on their own self-sufficiency in a way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to um, transition into talking about your your birth experience, how that process went and, and, and what it was like for you. It was, it was amazing. Like, to be honest, it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. And I'm, I'm not even saying that just to you know, because I chose to do it. I'm saying it because like, even though I was, I was choosing to have a free birth, I was expecting like, I was still expecting like pain and all of these other things, but it just flowed so naturally. So I think I went, my waters broke at 11, um, at 11.30 at night. Um, And then I yeah I was just in our home it was just me my partner and my mum I kind of went into my mum's room and I was like mom my waters are just broken and she was just like reassuring me and um we were just kind of setting up the space put some music on I'd made a playlist um we lit heaps of candles and um my partner and my mum started to feel the birthing pool and yeah, I was just kind of every time a contraction would happen, I was either I was in the shower or I was just like leaning over a table in our living room and just like just breathing through it. And yeah, I didn't really communicate to anyone. I was just like so deep in my own inner world and just like breathing through whatever came up. Um and then once the contraction started to get a lot stronger I I was in the pool and um, what was really amazing for me was sound so whenever a contraction would happen I would just like release this crazy tribal like sound and it was yeah it was really therapeutic Um, and yeah it just like kept going kept going and I remember I kept reaching down and like feeling her head and I'm just like 
wow, like this is actually happening. And it was just a couple of pushes, and then then she was like in my arms, and I remember just looking up at my mom and my partner, and they were just like, I could just see like the awe in their faces of like we did this. Like it was just us three, and I just felt this huge connection to them, and like this sense of relief from my mom and my partner, and yeah, I just remember like crying and just being like I did it I did it and she's just so perfect and yeah it was beautiful and then I got out of the um I got out of the birthing tub and um a few moments later I birthed the placenta and then um yeah we kept her cord attached for quite some time and then we cut the cord and then yeah I was my bed was like right next to the birthing pool so I was just straight in bed with her and yeah my mom and um, partner were just kind of cleaning up and just you know because I was kind of in a lot of in a bit of shock so she was just like reassuring me and it was just beautiful like it was just the most amazing experience I feel like I can't even articulate it properly yeah wow just following along so that whole the your whole um, birthing journey how how long did it uh, I'm sure you weren't really paying attention, but was it was it still like a a, a long journey, or was it? Um... Um, so the active labor, I think it was only six hours. So um, yeah, so it was pretty relatively um, good for a first birth, I think, mm-hmm. from what I've been told. Um, yeah, so my waters broke at eleven thirty, and then I I gave birth to. <laughs> to Oka at 4.30 a.m. So, yeah, in the the early morning hours. Um, And then, yeah, going um, the next day, I was just, yeah, I was just in bed for pretty much like two weeks straight and just resting and my mum and my partner were, were bringing me food and, yeah, it's just like a lot of rest and love. Mm-hmm yeah and I I've, did you do the um what is it like 40 days of of like first like kind of a cocoon <laughs> time afterwards um oh, I, I actually didn't follow that like um, religiously or anything yeah. it was just I just was at home I don't think I left our place for like three weeks and I had like family and a few friends come and stop by and um, and then when I was feeling up for it, I think we did like a little beach trip. Yeah. We went to Brunswick Heads and went for a little walk. And that was really nice. Like personally, by the third week, I was kind of, I was ready to just go out and go for a little yeah. walk and, and get some fresh air and be around other people. Um, slowly just integrate back into the normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but even like the first few times going out I was still like my energy field was still just so cracked open that you're just still so sensitive you know so mm. just like little doses yeah yeah I really needed yeah and so with your um your book so was that 
something that you you felt through the pregnancy or like were you writing aspects of that through that point um I remember the morning like it was just one morning I was about seven months pregnant and I just I woke up and I just had the strongest urge to write and I just I wrote initiation out on a page and then I just like it just yeah it was just falling onto the paper like I um I probably wrote I would say half of it during the next few months so from seven months to when I gave birth to Oka and then around two months postpartum I um yeah I started to continue to write and then I yeah and then I completed it after that it was kind of a gradual thing but it definitely came through quite strongly um while I was pregnant Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd love to to hear about, yeah, the intention of that book and, and what you hoped for it to, to be for women and, yeah, and their partners too, um, exploring birth and, and, yeah, and the many initiations and transitions of it. Like, yeah, what was your, yeah, what is your intention for people in, in reading that book? Because it, it feels like even just from hearing you like yeah you are here to like really bring through that um that to be a kind of light in and of possibility and and remembrance also in like yeah you can do this you know like you can do this your way and and just to to bring people back to that knowingness so I'd love to explore yeah how you translated that through the book mm-hmm Um, I guess my main intention with the book is to just share a different narrative. I know when I was first pregnant, I had a lot of like other people sharing their stories and kind of like imprinting that this is what usually happens. And so after experiencing like such a powerful, empowering, peaceful pregnancy and birth experience, and also seeing how that has impacted it on Oka to see how like peaceful and calm she is like all of the time. Um, obviously she's a baby and she, you know, babies have to cry and, you know, they have to experience teething and all of that. But she just has such a beautiful, peaceful experience. And I really do um, relate a lot of that to the pregnancy and the birth experience that we had. Um, so. I really just wanted to share a different narrative of how women can start to birth their babies and mother their babies in a conscious, empowering way. Um, And I kind of also share some different, like a different perspective on where, where like we're kind of heading as humanity, as a collective and how um, like birthing our babies and mothering them in this way can also help to, you know, shift humanity's consciousness in a way as well because the way that I see it is our children are the future. So um, how they're being birthed and how they're being raised is going to affect how humanity evolves. Um, Yeah, exactly. And it is such a, like, such a sacred responsibility too. And um, Mm. perhaps from that, yeah, from that 
timeless and spiritual perspective, like the the beings that are being called to come down to earth at this time, like are, you know, to really steward that new energy and um, to really help it become reality on this earth. So it's like it's almost like a respect to that energy that they carry too is to like give them the best shot that they can, you know, which it feels like you were doing, you know, just really allowing Oka to to be who she, who mm. she yeah, is, is here to be, you know and not to, like, disrupt that too much with anything else. Absolutely, yeah, just allowing, because just allowing their spirits to evolve without all of the interventions and, like, trying to box them in and and also for mothers, you know, like, it's such a massive duty to be a mother and I just really wanted to honour the sacredness of that and kind of, um remind women that yes you're a mother but like (laughs) society kind of like deems it as a hindrance to the world but I wanted to kind of remind them that you your role is so powerful not only for you not only for your family but for the evolution of humanity um and yeah just kind of readjusting our perspective um back to the sacredness of that because I feel like society is just always, it's marketing and branding the wrong things that are important and it kind of makes parents, from what I've seen, it makes parents think that, oh, you know, having a child or or just children in general, um, they just, they get in the way of life and it's like, hang on, no, like they are life, they're our future, let's, <laughs> let's really like honour them and maybe it's us who have got our priorities wrong so yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's so beautiful so in that um in the completion of the book how did you go about um getting it yeah getting it published and printed and everything because I'm I'm curious about that journey too because obviously you were in such a yeah you were just postpartum and and to have that project um you know, obviously it felt so purposeful and, like, divinely driven, right? But, yeah, like mm-hmm. still quite a bit of work to pull together um, and get out into the world. How did you go about all of that? Yeah, so I think I was about, like, I only had a quarter of the book left. Like, at the time I didn't know it was a quarter of the book. But now in hindsight, I think I was around that um, around that area of finishing it. Um and I don't really, know, I don't even know what, no, I, yeah, I'd, I'd gotten that far and then I was like, oh, I really want to, I really want to turn this into a book. I really want to finish it. And then um, I pitched my idea to um, Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House Publication. And they loved the idea. Um, I ended up signing a contract with them and, yeah, they had all the team um, ready to help me. So I had a had someone who could help me with designing and the layout of the book and then printing the book and the marketing and all of that. So I'm so grateful that I had that because it really helped the process to flow, especially being a new mom and just readjusting to life. It was amazing to have like a team of people that are professionals and know what they're doing. 
yeah, the team showed up <laughs> and helped it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it totally felt like that. Like it just seemed to to flow so easily and it just reassured me that, you know, I need to be confident in sharing my words and that, you know, the right people are going to hear them. And Yeah. Mm. And how's the um, response been so far in releasing it? Yeah, so so far it's still quite new and fresh. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, like, my main marketing and um, that kind of thing hasn't quite yet come forward. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited about continuing to just sharing it and releasing it. And I've had um, quite a few people get back to me and say that they love it. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited for the future of it because I feel like the words are going to, yeah, just really help a lot of women sure mm. yeah I want to get I'll have to buy a copy of it and, and dive in so I, I definitely have a strong feeling that I am going to to be a mother and go through that process like it's something that I just really know that I I will do you know it's just an mm. innate kind of feeling and um yeah, and yet uh, I'm sure probably a lot of the stories and teachings would just relate to I mean, women, even if they don't birth babies, right, like we're always birthing like creative projects and 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 so much more and it all kind of goes through that same um, initiatory process, right? <laughs> totally, totally. Even just as women, um, you know, finding their place in the world and learning to honour whatever sacred transitions you're going through, even for teenagers that are just kind of, you know, going into that next next stage of, becoming like a woman you know and just honor honoring those those rites of passage yeah so important yeah it feels like overall you're just trying to like your mission is so much about just bringing that sacredness back and um almost like you know some of those um older ways the ways that things have been done for a long while and I think yeah it's it's just so nourishing and, and so important and um yeah having those two worlds kind of meet you know the worlds of kind of global reach and you know having like that that sort of like technology helping things come through but just to to drive people back to their own innate feelings and intuition and and nature and yeah it's so much of what I'm about to like it's just yeah working with both of those worlds like not shunning the the technological world but really like using it as a sacred tool to to bring forward these messages that that need to be shared and and um, give people that inspiration and and story and and um, artistry and remembrance so that they can just like go on that uh, that journey for themselves too and maybe they just needed that reminder you know like especially for your book you know some women probably already felt that they wanted to birth in that way but they just needed that confirmation and and that your your story can be like a testimony of that you know <laughs> and then mm -hmm. I'm sure it will like guide guide a lot of women into that like that knowingness too and yeah it's definitely inspired me to to opt for that I, I had already felt that I would definitely want to give birth in water at home <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so beautiful. yeah the water was just such a nourishing and calming element um I'm so glad that we yeah we opted for having the birthing pool definitely and um 
about what you were saying before about the old ways. I think it's 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 not so much about you know old ways versus new ways. I just think it's about reminding us of our priorities. You know, like humanity is going to evolve no matter what we think of it. That's just that's life. Life is ever evolving, ever changing. Um, but in the midst of the the change, we need to continue to remember who we are and remember our strengths and remember our rights as well and remember that other systems don't have that power over us. It always comes back to us and our connection with our spirit, you know, it's always going to be there no matter how much is changing externally. So we need to just continue to come, keep coming back to that and keep strengthening that. Mm, yeah, that was so beautifully put. <laughs> so how can people um buy your book and um oh yeah that you have another offering also that you'd like to to share about too right yeah so I've um recently just created this program it's called uh the acronym is EEP which stands for energetic expansion through protection and it's all about learning to um, protect your energy pretty much, learning to cultivate um, and harness and take back the, that control. Um, so I do that through a few different ways, um, uh, through one-on-one mentoring sessions. Uh, it's a three-week program, so we'll be working together three days a week. and. Um, Throughout the extension of the program, I'll be curating meditations and custom affirmations, and I also do um, Reiki sessions. So, yeah, it's kind of just accumulation of all of the things I've learnt, and, yeah, I'm really excited to start offering that. Um, we'll be launching in February. So, yeah, if anyone is interested in that, they can find me on simply laura underscore on instagram and for the book um you can find that i'm still waiting for my website to be launched but you can um, contact me on my instagram as well or the um the link to the book is in my bio so yeah i'm really excited to to share this and to just continue to bring forward this message and i feel like it's kind of been woven a bit more through like um, you know, several podcasts that I've done on Mojo Mecca, um, speaking mm-hmm. about birth in this way and having women's like direct experience with that. And yeah, it feels like there's more and more women out there now who are like really, yeah, doing that for themselves and then being a, um, a guide and a, and a, a tool of remembrance for others too, just through their own experience. And yeah, I, I, I really hope that people listening just received you know anything that they they needed you know that confirmation or that remembrance and that it can serve them in their own journey whether they're birthing a a baby or a you know business or a project or a book or whatever it is and and just trust that creative process right because it feels like your your process was so much about trust and so much about empowerment and and also Mm. discernment just being being who you are and and knowing what it is that you want and um I guess to kind of wrap it up would you how would you encourage women to to be in that place where they they can really 
sense that intuitive knowingness of what is right for them um, mm. yeah like just maybe something to to kind of end on like a little tip or a ritual or a tool that that um yeah can really help people to to be guided back to that place yeah that's an amazing question I think I would have to say know your limits and know your boundaries um know when to disconnect from your external world and know when to go within because you know we can't keep continuing to to be connecting externally if we're if we don't really know where our limits are if we don't know what is us and what is the external world we need to learn to be able to disconnect and cultivate our energy and then reconnect when we're ready to share and yeah if you're feeling confused or if you're feeling like you don't know what the next step is or how you want to express yourself or what your passion is just disconnect <laughs> that's the biggest way to do it and just yeah just go within and spend more time alone and meditation is amazing um but yeah that's probably the the number one thing I'd say yeah that's such a potent point because I feel so many of us like see the external world as us and there's no none of that like separation there but um yeah it's so important to like harness that that um field that you are you know and remain in that field and and dip into the world when you need to as opposed to kind of the other way around right like <laughs> being in the world yeah. and then dipping into yourself in certain moments just like reframing mm -hmm. that yeah and know like you know everything is seasonal everything you know just watch and listen to nature more more because you you learn so much you know the seasons they come and go there's times to go within there's times to you know express and and also know that like you know don't compare yourself to other people or what other people are doing just listen to yourself and trust in in your story and if someone else is trying to convince you of something else you know don't fall for it I guess like just allow the more that you allow others to be the more that you allow yourself to be so just yeah I guess the ultimate thing is just trusting trusting your own journey and get to know yourself a bit more 